Morning, bro. Morning, bro. This is the obvious, brothers. Uh, and we're doing the opening because we're supposed to, not because we think there are actually an audience out there who's never been here before. So mm. I'm obvious, Steve, and he's Zoom user. Obvious John. Obvious John. Obvious John. Obvious John, I want to open this week. Well, let's open with dumb jokes, John. John. So there was a text exchange this morning where I, I told the semi-public that the first rule in my composition class this semester turned out to be don't step on Dr. Hicks's jokes. All right. So here yeah. was the here was the joke, John. Where where does a snowman put his money? Where? Snowbank. Except I never got to do the punchline because some smart ass in the front row jumped <laughs> in and said in a snowbank. So, you know, you gotta train them, man. What do you call a factory that makes okay products? Oh, I don't know. Satisfactory. Satisfactory, huh? Oh my God. That's terrible. Thank you. Okay. So so what's a cucumber's favorite instrument? What? Um uh, uh pickle o. Oh, that's bad. Is that bad? Is that bad. better or worse than what instrument do you find in the bathroom? What's that? Tube of toothpaste. Yeah, those are both terrible. <laughs> yes, the instrumental jokes. Yes. And and I have a young woman who is a, a Dutch in my class. And so I have to give her the joke every day. And the instrument jokes, really, you know, jokes don't translate anyway, but... The, right. the instrument jokes with those puns in them just no go right over and, and when, when she tells me what the dutch word for piccolo and tuba is uh you know you're like no nah, it's really not gonna work is it <laughs> not nearly as funny <laughs> yeah so there you go so john I, I i wanted to start with a discussion of what qualifies as a heater john when you're when you're on a heater, what qualifies as a heater? And we, we just want Sean to, to get an understanding of this, right? I think it varies on sports or gambling. I think if you're, you know, you win three or four or five in a row gambling, that's good. Yeah. So so going six and oh isn't a heater? I would say that's a that's a heater. Yeah. There there seems to have been some question about last week's title to the episode and the discussion about you going six and zero and being on a heater or whether it was legit or not. That turned out to be not quite so legit, didn't it? Well, you, you cooled off a little bit last weekend. So, yeah, but, uh, you, you know, Sean seems to be happy with pushes. So you went two and two. So that, uh, you, you know, Sean would be happy with that. Well, you don't lose a lot of money when you go that route. <clears throat> what's that you don't lose a lot of money if you push yeah uh, that's okay that's one way to look at that yeah all right so uh before we get into the games last week or this week or whatever john i i know you're gonna love this topic but i just want to hear what you have to say my news feed this morning has an espn story what to do with Dak Prescott, colon. Three options the Cowboys must consider. 
Yeah, I've heard similar things. Yep, there's been a lot of chat about what they do about whatever is wrong with Dak Prescott here this week. Was he really that bad last week? I mean, that one pick was pretty bad. Um, He just doesn't seem to – I don't feel like he's going through his progressions very well on his routes and kind of gets locked in on somebody. Basically, you know, he he forced it to C.D. Lamb that entire game last week. But, you know, when Tony Pollard goes down, he didn't really have a lot of options. Uh, Michael Gallup didn't really step up, and they had Schultz pretty well blanketed. So it was yeah. – I mean, you got to give 49ers defense some credit too. I mean, they, they played awfully good. Well, they they, they... – do kind of have a rep as being maybe the best defense in the league. So, yeah. Right. So, but yes, I was, I wasn't surprised because, uh, you know, we talk about the Cowboys a lot and you hear about them so much that people were like, oh, you know, we need to get a new quarterback other than Dak. Not too many teams make it and win a playoff game, go on the road, play a close game go 12 and five in the season and their fan base wants to change quarterbacks. So it's uh yeah, they've, you know, they've had the top, one of the top five offenses the last two years. And, you know, everybody wants them to uh, dump Dak and Kellen Moore. And I mean, I think that's, I think that's the knee jerk reaction from being bitter from the loss, I guess. Yeah. Well, and they dumped like six people from the coaching staff yesterday. They did. Yeah. But they were, they, weren't they mostly defensive people? Um, they, uh, Joe Philbin, the offensive line coach, and oh. uh, um, Pete, um, what's his name, the running backs coach, oh. were two of the six. Yeah, well, okay, so – I guess, I guess there there was some offensive people uh, went down the tubes too. So, oh well, uh, the uh, the drama never ends uh, with the Cowboys. So, uh, yeah, it kind of just feeds into the whole America's team topic. I mean, no matter what we do, everybody's always talking about us. Yeah. Okay. Well. The topic of conversation all week in the real football world was Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it is funny, if you were paying attention day by day this week, uh, the progression of, of his ankle from uh, – there was an opening – I think the line opened at Chiefs 3 – uh, and at some point, like Tuesday, we had a text exchange that you probably didn't bother read where the Bengal, it was Bengals minus two and a half. And now I think it's all the way back to Chiefs minus two and a half because he practiced and looked pretty good on Wednesday. So don't you find that it. kind of amazing that? Yeah, I see it at Chiefs minus one right now. Oh, is that what it is? Minus one. Okay. So it's it's swung it's swung around and it's clearly you know uh, my my pros I listen to say the line will tell you what's going on right mm-hmm. yeah so so if he's on crutches half an hour before the game on Sunday you can watch yeah. the line crash right 
yeah, it'll, it'll plummet or skyrocket the other way, however you want to look at it. Right. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, I think it's going to stay under a field goal either way. So, uh, there you go. Uh, but, but yeah, so he seems to be, he practiced Wednesday, looked good. You know, there's a video of him. And, uh, so does that mean the Chiefs are your pick this week? Or do no. you care? Do you care if his ankles hurt? No, no. I think I think uh, Joe Cool goes into Burrowhead and dominates. Is that dominates? I think I'm gonna write that down. Dominates, dominates. Joe Cool, huh? Yes. Uh, they looked awfully good last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think. Uh... <clears throat> I think their defense is better than KC's. I think they're even with a eighty-five percent Mahomes. I think their offense—they just got so many weapons on that offense. Right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I couldn't tell. I could, but uh, they're not exactly household name running backs for the Chiefs. But uh, uh, P. Ryan and uh, Mixon on the Bengals. Uh, have kind of established themselves as being uh, guys that can get something done. So, yeah. Then you got the old Kelsey factor, though. That's the one you got to look out for. Because he's that right? How many receptions did Kelsey have last week? Like a million. Uh, I think you're exaggerating, but I, he might have had eight. No, it was more than that. Was it more? I. Well, maybe I have him confused with Kittle, but. He had 14 for 98 yards and two TDs. Yeah, 14. Yeah. Wow. I missed that. Yeah. I didn't know he had that many. I knew he had the TDs. Yeah. Yep. So do you do you do you have Kelsey in uh no, no. 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 That's my big mistake. I went with Kittle instead of Kelsey because um You weren't taking Purdy. <laughs> Yeah, well, Kittle's been so hot lately. Um, I mean, he scored like seven touchdowns in his last four games or something like that. So I was trying to ride the hot hand. But, um, yeah, Kelsey was the pick there. And then Christian McCaffrey would have been the other pick. And I might have, I might be in the top 30 if that were – I would have had those switched around. But, obviously, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Right. Yeah. All right. So you got you've got the Bengals. And that's the second game, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I will admit that I jumped early in the week and thought I was getting something with Chiefs uh, plus one and a half. So that that's that is my current standing. I don't know if I will hedge that or anything before Sunday, but yeah, I, I, I'm leaning the Chiefs. Having gone uh, pretty chalky last week and, and going three and one, I I like the chalk this week. Uh, yeah, I, I understand. We- I understand though that, that, that Joe Joe Cool, as you call him, they have been on a run and uh, they've looked really good. And they beat them there in Kansas City last year to go to the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. it's not like they haven't done it before. So. All right. Well, I think you got to look at the fact that um, the Bengals' competition in the last 
five games has been a little better than uh, the Chiefs competition the last five games. And in the Chiefs, I mean, besides the uh, blowout win over Las Vegas, haven't really been too dominant. I guess they handled Seattle pretty well, too, but had to go into overtime against Houston. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think the Chiefs flattened out because they didn't really have much to play for at some point, right? Yeah, they, they've been giving up. They can give up some points, too. So, again, yeah. I'll lean on the fact that I like um, the strengths against weaknesses and, and the Bengals' offense against uh, their defense, I think, is, is a plus for them. Okay. All right. So let's let's switch over here to the other game, the early game, which is not an all NFC East game, John, amazingly enough. But uh, uh Correct. I guess I guess in a world of sports betting, um, the public has really loved the Niners all year. Uh and it's interesting that here they are in the championship game. Uh, and they're they're not very big underdogs where you might think they should be. Uh, I mean, I mean, Philly's playing at home. They have the better record. Uh, they might have. Well, they have the better offense, right? No doubt. And they have a good defense. But yet. It's not even it's it's in that nice range of not even a field goal for the line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's hard for me to. Uh, it's just really hard to pick against the Niners right now. This feels like a one of those stories of destiny, right? I mean, you third string quarterback, last guy drafted in the in the uh, in the draft, and, and uh, comes out and you know wins the last. How many have they won in a row now? One, two, well, three, four, five, six since he, he started. He's he, won six. He hasn't even lost. No, he hasn't lost. No. And, and he won the game he came in in the middle of. So, mm -hmm. which I think was game 13 or week 13. So, sure. yes, but uh, I, I, I will be Debbie Downer here because I know this is kind of our rules in life, right, John? You're, you're, yeah. you're rolling with the, yeah. the, the, the feel good story and everything. Um, more often than not, those Cinderella stories the uh, turned into pumpkins. So uh, okay. I think I, I, I until he really does it, you've got to wonder if you know he's going. It's going to be too much for him. Uh, you know, I heard breakdown of the game last week, and I don't know that I would say I saw it, but they were saying you know he rushed too much at times. He was. He was not terribly accurate, um, and as I recall, his stats kind of reflect that. It was like, was he 15 for 27 or something like that? Or am I too low? It was a 23 of 35. He didn't have to throw a whole lot. Yeah. No. And, and I think they depended a lot on Yak last week, which they depend on a lot. So um, you don't know you're always going to get that Yak, are you? Do you? I don't know. And you got Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel and, and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. Those guys aren't exactly easy to bring down. No, no, they, they are kind of yak machines. So, uh, which sounds like a good title for an episode. Yeah. Uh, 
So, uh, yes, uh, they kind of count on that, but you, you think there might be a day when, uh, it doesn't work out for them. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, you know, our friend Josh was on the Eagles preseason. Did he, did Josh have the Eagles in Winspool? I think he, he did. did. I think he did. And you remember he was on the NFL preview and he was pitching. And so just that alone almost makes me want to root against him. But uh, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want anybody else to feel like they have glory. But uh, so you're, 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 going, you're going to take that. You're going to take the Niners and the points. You're telling me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Niners and the points with the the rookie, the next Tom Brady, the quarterback. Rookie coming through, starts in midseason and leads them to a Super Bowl win. He leads them to a Super Bowl appearance. Let's just start there. Let's start with it. Well, it's not a Tom Brady story if he doesn't win. Well, I'm just saying, don't get too far ahead of yourself here. No, I, I guess we're going to have two weeks to to uh, get ahead of ourselves uh, if they win, right? So I can do my Brady comparisons. Yeah, yeah, if Brady had a chip on his shoulder getting drafted where he got drafted, what do you think Purdy has? No kidding. And he's got that Mr. Irrelevant jersey hanging in his house somewhere. Yeah, well, and I, I bet, I bet, uh, yeah, I, I, I bet, I bet it's more than a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, it's probably a full, full ass block, right? Yeah, he's got a big old brick, I would say. Yeah, well. Uh, I well, we're going head to head twice because I'm going to take the Eagles, and uh, I won't be terribly upset if the Niners win. But uh, yeah, I I, I just I, I think I, I, the story of destiny this year feels like the Eagles. Yeah. So uh, go back to last week, the Jaguars put on quite uh, gave gave it a decent game there in Kansas City. Yep. I have not heard Doug Peterson talked about as coach of the year. Does he not deserve consideration for coach of the year? Taking them from they they really sucked a year ago, and with a the, lot of the same players. What about the Giants? What yeah, about yeah. Well, everybody loves him, so. I but, mean, I think it's it's between those two, and and um, yeah. Well, I, I would want I want to go back to see uh, what was their predicted wins before the season started. What was their over and under number? Because yeah. kind of kind of what it's about is who does more than is expected, right? Yeah, the Jags were three and fourteen last year. The Giants were four and thirteen. They both. Um, finished with winning records. And both in, I think they were both they nine, seven, and one, were they? <clears throat> no, I don't think the Jags had a tie, did they? No, they did not. They were nine and eight. Nine and eight. So, so yeah, I, I would say they both brought their teams from the cellar, got a playoff win this year. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think, but I, I'm just, Everybody's talking about the Eagles coach or the Giants coach as being the top two candidates. And uh, oh god, I hate that. I hate Sirianni. 
Oh, he is well, such a fucking you hate, you hate everybody in the NFC East. So yeah. yeah, but come on, that guy is a tool. Oh, is that our hot take for the week? So why oh, is he a tool? What what's he done? That's, that's yeah, have you ever good. watched his sideline, his antics on the sidelines, and his big fucking crybaby face? No. And then he throws little fits, and then he had that whole deal last year where he wore the T-shirt that said "We want Dallas," and we went in and beat him like forty something to thirteen. Yeah, he can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta write that one down too. Yeah. I'm not sure yak machines go and stand up to that one. Uh, okay, bag of dick. Spe- speaking of crybabies on the sideline, you were bowling last night, of course, and, and missed the uh, basketball game between Michigan State and Iowa. When th- those two coaches, you want to talk guys, you don't want to watch on the sideline, man. Yeah, it was actually on the TV. It was, yeah. Fran, Fran, was, Fran, Fran was relatively calm for Fran, considering. Yeah, the Francon meter only reached what maybe. Yeah, yeah. Frank, Francon, Francon was down. I don't remember. Is it is it better if it's low or better if it's high? But uh, yeah, yeah. he he did not have a red face at any point, nor looked like he was going to get a T. And I don't understand. I, I I I said in the living room, I said Michigan plays Michigan State. I can't believe. In Ann Arbor, Izzo does his antics and wanders clear across the court, yelling at a ref. Juwan's not just going to step out and lay him out, right? Because it... <laughs> it's yeah, got it's got to drive you. Cra- I, I know I've, I've I've heard a lot of people comment about Izzo and uh, and, and uh, his tendency to ride the refs and do things nobody else gets away with. Uh, and it's most annoying if you're if you're watching and you're not a Spartan fan. Uh, yeah, we it's kind of funny because we talked about that um, last weekend with my buddies when we were watching the uh, IU um, Michigan State game. As a matter of fact, yeah, and you know just that whole we need Woody to stick around for a couple of years so that we can get somebody that's got some pull because you got your Francona's and, and Izzo's and those guys, they manipulate um, the refs so much. And if you don't think they get, I, I think they get a call or two swung their way a game. It's not a bunch, but it could make a difference in a tight game. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in the Purdue game, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure it's a Purdue game. He they took a technical back. They called yeah. a tee on him and then they took it back. And then and then, you know, suddenly nobody was fouling Edie when he got the ball in the post. So it's like mm-hmm. uh yeah, like you say, he uh he works it and he's gotten away with it, but you know, uh well, I, I guess we have a new Big Big Ten commissioner, or will have, but nobody in the Big Ten office seems to be saying, you know, make him stay in his damn box, if you team up when he gets out of it, and <clears throat> tell him to shut the f up, right? You would think. I mean, that box is there for a reason, right? So uh, I thought there was a rule about that box, but maybe yeah. there isn't. There clearly isn't when it comes to uh, Francon and and uh, Francona and uh, and uh, Izzo. Yeah, well, Fran, he's outside that freaking box all the time, too. Yeah, well, 
and and sometimes you're you're scared he's going light things up when he comes out out of the box that he's going attack somebody. Izzo, you know, he's just going to yell at him, but you know, I'm not sure. McCafferty's not going, yeah, tackle somebody and hurt them. But uh, there you go. So, uh, John, uh, last week I made you pick a Final Four too early in the year. Did, did you pay any attention to what our, how our Final Four teams did in the week since? No. Was that no? <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunchy. Was that yeah, no? Was Ah. Yeah, that was a no. Was that supposed to? Uh, but Kansas has not won since we both picked them to make the Final Four. Um, UCLA's lost twice, so they haven't won uh, since we picked them to make the Final Four. You know, my fourth team, since we agreed on three, Houston lost at home to a quad three team. Cool. Uh, let, let's see. What, what were your other two? I had Bama. Bama, Bama has not lost, right? And, and, and you had Zona, who has won both their games. They beat UCLA, and I think we, we taped on Thursday. They, they beat USC and UCLA, and last night they won on the road at Washington State. So uh, they've done all right. But, uh, yeah, a, a, a lot of losses in our final four in, in just a week, John. Yeah, Purdue's hanging in there. Purdue is well, we, didn't, in, we didn't pick them. We didn't pick them, but we did they've been not pretty good. pick them. Uh, and I, I will just to, as a matter of you know, kind of supporting our not picking them. Uh, you know, I listened to two betting podcasts, and one of them this week was uh, went over the Purdue situation in the Big Ten, and uh, the one guy said he was professionally fading Purdue for all he could. Uh, he was betting against them to win the Big Ten. He was betting against them to win the Big Ten tournament. He was not putting any money on them to make, you know, the Final Four or win a national championship. He was sure that they were not good enough to do all that and that they were going to lose a bunch of games and end up not winning the Big Ten. Oh, was he being serious? Is we like trying to do like reverse psychology type stuff? No, no. I these guys, these guys are talking about spending their own money, John. So he was, he was pretty sure it was uh, easy money to bet against them on, on all these situations. They could. He he, he think he thinks they uh they they've they've uh, won a lot of skinny games that they're not going to keep winning, and that. Uh, Okay, well, let's look at their – what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Their last ten games. They, they have played they, – they, they, they're halfway through the Big Ten season. They are they nine have, and one. They have won six games in the Big Ten on the road, John. Yeah, that's big. And they've only got four road games left. Right. At IU, at Northwestern, at Maryland, at Wisconsin. Right. And, are any of those game, do any of those games scare you besides maybe the IU game? But I mean, maybe just because of the rivalry. Uh, the IU game is the uh, scariest game, right? And then they got at home, Sparty, Penn State has probably got one of the better teams they've had in a while. 
Iowa, Ohio State's not very good. IU, which <clears throat> at best, I, if you told me right now we split one and one home yeah. away, I'd say take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. And then Illinois, who's kind of not really been – they've kind oh, of been fading. You guys well. went in and, and pretty much housed them last week. So, mm-hmm. right. So, but, yeah, Illinois has been up and down. And playing yes, them at right. home. You know, all these teams are a lot better at home than they are on the road. Yeah. Okay. I, at worst, at worst, I see two two losses potentially. And that's – I can't – I won't – I couldn't pick two losses. I'm just saying – at worst, you could I would see two losses. Yeah, well, if they finish seventeen and three, they're winning the Big Ten outright. Yeah, right. And with a two game lead right now in the standings, that's uh, and like you say, the schedule is kind of in their favor with only four road games as opposed to six, six mm-hmm. at home. So anyway, so yeah, I'm just repeating what the guy said and the rationale for, you know, I I'm not going off the deep end. This is the best. Well, they've never been 20 and one like they are ever in their history before. So this is the best record I've ever seen a Purdue team have. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to watch and, and we'll see how far it goes. And, but, you know, in the whole tournament thing, they could get in a round of, of 32 and meet somebody who's St. Peter's like last year, right? Who's hot and is a weird matchup and shit happens and lose. But, <laughs> That's just way, that's why we all love the tournament, right? Because yeah, right. Yeah. And Purdue has got a bit of a history for doing that in the tournament. <clears throat> well, they do, but you you don't. I, I yeah, it, it's it's like you you. I'm I'm gonna repeat to you, the, the famous John. You hate those stats like that, John. Remember? Oh, they yeah, haven't won. They haven't won in eighty-seven times, and you you say, "Well, anybody on the team doesn't even you know doesn't remember, yeah. right?" So, you know, every team's new and different. So, uh, even though they haven't, uh, you know, it's hard to say that they're doing something wrong that that happens. But there you go. Uh, you know, last year it was this infamous dumbass Cinderella story. And then the next game, North Carolina shredded them like they were, mm-hmm. yeah, like a cat toy. Right. Uh, all right. So where are we at in college? Are you changing your final four? Well, no. I'm not going to change them after one week. Okay. Just – there was a lot of losing this last week, John. So I – all right. Well, for your teams, my teams did okay. No, John. You have two teams who have not won since since you picked them. So – my other two teams haven't lost. Well, that's what you would expect. Just saying. Hey, uh, so I listened to the CBS basketball podcast. One of them, there are you know, thousands of them anymore, right? And they spent 20 minutes, one episode this week, talking about how good the Big 12 is and that there are six, possibly six Big 12 teams capable of making a final four anything you want to you want to burn that hot take or throw some ice on it or i I wouldn't disagree with that right now i would like to see the uh 
the season shake out a little more, see how that turns out. But yeah, I mean, they they do have six good teams. They got six of them ranked in the top 25. And yeah. Well, the one guy, Gary Parrish does a top 25 plus one for some reason. And he has uh, those six teams in his top 13. So, uh, which is a lot of big 12 in your top 13. Well, the actual rankings, the only team outside of the top 13 is Baylor at 17. Yeah. And Baylor beat Kansas Monday night, which probably is going to give them a bit of a bump. So, well, there you go. Well, uh, so we'll, we got to watch the Big 12, right? Yeah. So, so John, I know you love these kinds of questions. They ask this question, which is more likely, John, one team wins the Big 12 regular season outright or they get a four-team tie? Well, because without the great like, without, yeah. without like knowing the schedules and breaking down the schedules, I mean, I, I would think that there's probably – it's really unlikely there would be a four-team tie. Yeah. Um, so I would say – I would say neither. I wouldn't bet on either one of those. I would say there's probably going to be a two-team tie. Well, but that's – you got to pick the extreme, John. Which extreme is more likely? Uh, one team wins it outright. Yeah, I would have thought so, too. I, I think it would be really tricky. You had to have a really weird combination, wouldn't you, to end up in a four-team yeah. tie. But, you know, you say that about schedule. You know, the thing, great thing about the Big 12 is they, they play a double round robin. So, you know they play everybody. Nobody gets off with an easy schedule, but to your point, we neither one of us has memorized who's played who yet, how many times and where. So, right, we'll we'll work on that. That's 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 our homework for next week, right, John? Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. hey, I'll, so, I'll so, get all over that. So, John, we're doing this on my Zoom account. We have three minutes and thirty-eight seconds left. Okay. And, so, John. Are, are you psyched up for the uh, new series starting today on Apple TV? Which one's that? This is by the uh, some people who do Ted Lasso with Harrison Ford and Jason uh, Siegel in it called Shrinking. You don't know this? No. Uh, well, I've seen I've seen some uh, blurbs of reviews where people think it's pretty good, kind of like Ted, a mixture of uh, of humor and. Uh, drama so yeah i i based on the what i've seen of the clips jason siegel is a psychiatrist who seems to be going through stuff yeah the quick little like uh i don't know whatever they call that thing that underneath the series on google says a grieving therapist starts to tell his clients exactly what he thinks yeah. ignoring his training in ethics yeah so there you that go could be funny. yeah there could be some funny, funny moments. Yeah. So I think uh, Roy Kent is one of the writers and, and maybe executive producer. So, yeah. You know, it's, his name really isn't Roy Kent, right? Really? I, I'm glad we do this podcast. So I learned shit, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. It's Brett Goldstein is his name, just in case you wondered. I. Did not. I was perfectly happy with calling him Roy Kent, just the way I call the young woman in National Treasure, Zendaya B. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So we, Walmart we, Zendaya. Yeah. 
Uh, so um, you uh, got anything else? Before, no. before Zoom cuts us off, before I, my head explodes. Yeah, you, you, uh, yeah. It has not been pretty watching you uh, with the video. Uh, so, yeah. But, but that that is one funny uh, picture over your shoulder, though. Isn't it though? Yeah, that's hilarious of Lewis uh, in an admiral. Admiral Lewis. Ad, admiral Lewis, right? who is John's dog. All right. We finish uh, after yak machines and bags of dicks. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to call it a day. John, good luck on your, your weekend picks. Uh, good luck. At, uh, IU is the Saturday night Fox game tomorrow night with Ohio State. So uh, mm -hmm. for some years, it was a rivalry. So we'll see what kind of game yeah, it is tomorrow night. All right. Go Hoosiers. Go. 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 <laughs> oh. Oh, who's uh, yeah, that's really hard. Bye, John. Love you, bro. Bye, bro. Love you.